Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Welcome to Chad and Nate. You're not listening to Chad. You're listening to Nate. Chad's off. Okay, Chad is off today. He um, he called the game last night. He did a, 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 I'm sorry, two nights ago. He did a heck of a job for the Broncos-Cowboys uh, home game. I don't know if you listened to him on TV, but he was calling the game with Ryan Harris and Steve Levy. And now he's out. So he uh, he's taking a little time, a little relaxation. Rest your voice, Chad. I'm here with no Sean Moreno and no Sean's working some stuff out because he just broke the mic off the <laughs> mic stand like literally 30 seconds ago. Uh, the side I'm on, which is the driver's seat, I usually don't sit here. This mic's already broken, so it's a little <laughs> weird mic stand. So I'm holding the mic right now. got a now. lot going on. What's going on, Sean? What is going on, man? I came in here hot. You did, dude. Broke the mic. I'm holding it right now. You know, I could put it on the table and kind of come down here and talk. That, that does not look comfortable. Yeah, but it's like you're talking, you know, you know how you talk <laughs> down to the camera or something? Like, yeah, hey, Broncos country. That's right. Sean's right. got the shades on, That's too. what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Because, you know, last week I was with Mike, you know, uh, and uh, we were coming back from a segment and from the commercial, and, you know, the music was playing, so I had to okay. get my dance on. Mm. And he was saying that he never saw anyone do that before. So I was like... I had to be the first to do that. It's weird that Stink has never danced, you know, coming in out of the break. <laughs> right. Um, I was surprised as well. And then I was thinking, well, if that was the case, no one's ever danced before at the station while they were speaking and talking. Then I might as well wear some shades because no one's ever done that before. Wear the shades in the studio. Yep. I mean, someone might have done that. Someone might have, but... Yeah, but never I, danced and worn the shape. Oh. <laughs> so now we got something going. And you know, here on Chad and Nate, man, you can you can just do what feels right. I appreciate that. Yeah. So <laughs> so I want to get into this Broncos-Cowboys uh, preseason game because you were there. You were present. And I watched it on In TV. In the building. And, and, and you, you see a lot of different things, you know, when you're there versus when you watch it on TV. Sometimes, and I asked you earlier, you know, we were just talking, and I said, did you actually get to watch the game? You know what I mean? Because when you're at the game, people want to talk to you. How's your vantage point? How, much, right. how long were you actually sitting in your seats? So talk a little bit about your game day experience on Saturday night. What was it like for you? No, it was great. You know, I haven't been to a game in a little bit. It's been a while. And, you know, the game started at 7, so I was like, all right, I'll get down there around... 6.30. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, plenty of time. Plenty of time. And then all of a sudden, I'm like sitting in traffic, 6.12, you know, 7.15 at that time. I'm like, man, I'm still trying to find parking. I'm like, crap. Oh, okay. So you missed the beginning. I just missed the beginning. First quarter? Not the whole quarter. Okay. It was, it was like 7.20 when I walked in, 7.15-ish. How far away did you get? Did you have to park? Do you have a parking pass? And I have a parking pass. Parked, I, I can't tell my secrets. You know, I can't. Oh, you got a secret spot? I, I do have a secret spot now. Okay. Um, so I can't talk about that one too much. But that, it wasn't too far. It was a nice little walk. I could have jumped on one of those, you know, bicycle. Those scooters those scooters. don't do it, man. Those... I, well, I jumped on a scooter. I'm talking about, you know, how the guys come with the scooters? Yeah, I jumped on one of you those. You did? Did you oh, wash your hands afterwards? Because those I things have never been washed. Always have to have that hand yeah, sand. 
Those devil. things are rolling toilets, man. Just exactly. be careful. Of those. <laughs> exactly. Don't touch your eyes after that. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was good. You know, got to the game, got to the seats. You know, I mean, the the atmosphere was great. You know, the fans were on the top of their, you know, on the top of their lawns. Get, go Six, get four thousand people. It was a good. It was a good amount of people there. Yeah. And um, no, I, I sat at. It was interesting. I sat in section one thirty three. Okay, seats. 14, 15, row, I think, 16 as well. And what I don't know who sees those are during the season. But, you know, hey, DM me. Hey, get in touch with me somehow. You like, you like those seats. Those seats. I don't know what it was about. You can see the holes open up. You can mm. see the pressure. You can see the, the routes um, from both sides. Because sometimes when you're sitting, like, you know, you sit on the sideline. Right. You only can see, like, one side right. for some. I don't know what. Yep. What it is about looking from the from the fifty from the sidelines, seeing you know? the routes on the opposite side. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to see, yeah. and then it gets cruddled. It gets all bundled up in cruddled. the middle. I like cruddled. Cruddled. <laughs> it does get cruddled it up in there. Cruddled up with all the linemen right around. But that, from that angle, you can just see things, and I and I loved it. And I I was I just couldn't get over the fact that how clear it looked from those seats. But yeah, so great seats. But yeah, uh, so guy, for a running back. What do you watch when you watch a football game in person? Are you watching the <laughs> linemen? Are you watching the holes? Because you talk about seeing the holes open up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I played receiver in high school, college, and two years in the NFL. Then I was a tight end. But I still watch the receivers, where yeah. they're lining up, what, that, what, the, what the formation is. But what do you, where do your eyes go? I do, I do catch myself. First, I'll start with the linemen, right? Because that's what we did when we were paying. I mean, how many linemen do they have in the game? Is it four down? Is it three down? So that's why I'm starting. The defense. You're looking at I'm the looking defense. at the defense to start off. Okay, what are they? Oh, four down. All right, let's go. Because then if they bring any kind of protections, I'm like, all right, well, is that the backs guy? It has to be the backs guy. So, yeah, I'm watching the, uh, the defensive line just to see what they're coming out in to start. And then once that play goes, yeah, I, I, my eyes go right to the back, mm. to the lineman. And if it's a pass, then, of course, I'm, okay, what's this route looking like? But from those seats, you can see it all. Um, it was amazing, but yeah, I like I I I watched the running backs really because once I know okay it's a four down lineman, all right four down four down, they ain't bringing no pressure here. Okay, we in a a, a spread set. All right, no pressure here. So right away I'm I'm saying to myself, back get out on your route, get mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Don't be wasting no time and checking to see if the blitz protection. Uh, no, there's nothing coming from the you can see four down. There's a. There's a corner over to all of these receivers, two high safeties. They ain't bringing no blitz. Let's get out. Well, we didn't see, you know, our, our big two running backs, Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams playing. But we did see some other guys getting some run. We saw Stevie Scott, the third, have six carries for 20 yards. We saw Jaquan Hardy have five carries for 13 yards. We saw Max Borgie, mm-hmm. four carries for 10 yards. Not a lot cooking there in the running game. So you talked about how you watch, you know, the, the – you watch the interior line, you see how holes open up, and you watch the running backs, how they're doing their job. What was your impression on that, of what you were able to see? Like you like you mentioned, I mean, it wasn't much going on in the run game. Um, I mean, we ran the ball a couple times here. Like you said, six five four on the carries. Um, but it, it felt like it was more of a a, 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 Pat, a, a Johnson, a Josh Johnson kind of yeah, night. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson, man. You know? Yeah. They want. I, I felt like they just wanted to see what you know what he can do. 
Because it's a, is it a quarterback competition right now with Josh Johnson and Brett Rippin right. for number two? <laughs> I mean, it is right. I, it is, but, but not anymore after that game is what you're saying. Uh, Josh somewhat, Johnson put the nail in the even, coffin. Even before, honestly, even before this game is more like, nah, I got to, I got to give the nod to Josh. And what, why do you say that? What, what, what about his game? is better than Brett Rippins in your mind. I just like his game, man. How composed he looks back there. Can make plays. Can make plays with his legs. And the guy's been doing it for a while. Um, Ripken's been doing it for a little bit as well. But, nah, there's just something about Josh that I like. You know what I mean? That way he looks back there. And that's the thing with me. I, I, I'm a big eye kind of guy. If you look good, I'm like, hey, I got to kind of give you the eye. The eye test doesn't lie. And he just looks looks really good out there. And he proved, proved that. In this preseason game, slinging that ball around to all these receivers, um, I wish I would saw the backs catch a couple more back there. I mean, he's dope. something about that man. When I'm when I see that quarterback after like three seconds, I'm like, I know the backs open. Go give it to him. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Jaquan Hardy had two catches mm-hmm. for eight yards, and other than that, you you got no action. Yeah. There in the, with the running backs in the passing game, Max Borgie had one for minus one. I don't really think we can call that a win there. Um, okay, so there's a lot to get into with this game, not just the running backs, but I think, um, you know, Baron Browning deserves a conversation the way he All looked right. out there. Um, that quarterback battle, the receivers trying to make a case for being on this roster. Who's going to stick around? We're going to get into all that more next. It's Chad and Nate on Denver Sports Station, 1043, The Fan. Broncos coming off a 17-7 home win in their first preseason game. First game of the Nathaniel Hackett era. Also the first game of the the Walton era. So they got to be happy on the way things rolled out. I think uh, my main takeaway when I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett yesterday or on Saturday is that he's unnatural when it comes to being in charge of a game operation. Um, Obviously, we didn't see that natural flow the last couple of years. Vic Fangio was oftentimes looked uh, like he was thinking of something else. You know, he had something else on his mind other than calling the football game. But this is an op- this is a conversation about offensive de- uh, head coach versus defensive. Oftentimes the offensive-minded head coach has a better grasp on timeouts, on clock management. We saw that at the very end of the first half with Nathaniel Hackett running that two-minute uh, drill to perfection, leaving like one second on the clock. Um how, how, what was your interpretation of the game, the feel, the flow? I know we didn't see any of the starters out there, no, Sean, but right. how did you feel that the operation went? Yeah, I thought the operation was smooth. It, it, was, it was just like it was in practice, you know, because you, you had that feeling when you went out to those, those preseason, those, those, those practices, the, the camp. And everything was just moving smoothly. They bounced around from period to period. Um, there wasn't a lot of... Uh, Periods that they had to redo, you know, it, it just looked efficient. So it didn't look any different in the game. You know what I mean? Um, they were getting calls in, it looked like pretty quickly, and the guys were just getting up to the line of scrimmage and going. And the thing I really loved about just watching the game, I know it is preseason, um, but the penalties, man, we yep. kind of kept those penalties down. And then you look over at the other side at the Cowboys, and they got like a hundred. 30 yards and penalties. Yep, 17. Cowboys, 17 penalties, 129 yards. The Broncos had eight for 64. A um, lot better. So that shows you a lot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
the guys are disciplined. The guys are getting out there, getting the job done, and just going. Um, you talked about the pace, right? And the pace. Does the pace put the defense in a difficult position? Like when you went pace, um, you know, on the ball or two minute or whatever it was, how did the defense react to that? Were they more, more prone to make mistakes? More prone to, to make sloppy penalties? Yeah, they'll make mistakes, but it was just more. They couldn't bring all those pressures. They couldn't get into alignment where, okay, we're going to try to disguise these these plays, these blitzes to the offense. It, it, it makes it harder for the defense to describe. Uh, <laughs> disguise. disguise. Yeah, it makes it harder for them to disguise. Yeah, for sure. So uh, they just have to line up and come right, at, right, right. at that position. So well, that's some, what I love about going at pace. Is some of that preseason too? Because just we saw, you know, there's not a lot of disguising going on, not a lot of trickery, not, not a lot of trickeration. You know, no one's really game planning for anything. It's just kind of real base versus base. Let's see what happens. It was. Yeah. You didn't see that many blitzes. No. I don't even, did they bring that many blitzes? Yeah, they didn't bring many blitzes at all. Um, so there yeah, were some quarterback hits, but that was a product of broken down. Yes, blocking. exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's what they're going to do in the preseason. They keep it real vanilla. Yep. You know what I mean? Our plays are better than yours, and our guys are better than yours. And just go out there and see the guys compete because it's still an evaluation process. They're still looking at guys to see who they're going to keep on the practice squad um, and things like that. So, yeah. So this team, this new offense is the wide zone, right? It was it, Nathaniel Hackett brought in this old school West Coast wide zone system, and they're hanging their hat on the running game. They need a r- strong running game to protect Russell Wilson and open up the passing game. They signed Eric Tomlinson, who's a road grading tight end, kind of a tweener tackle. Um, Eric Sobert's a you know a physical tight end, and they're putting a premium on the running game. So is it a cause for concern that when you look at when you look at this game and you look at the way it played out, um, just statistically, um, this team didn't run for a lot of yards. The, the Broncos run for, ran for 39 yards. No yeah, no, 39. The Cowboys ran for 141. Th- yeah. Does that give you pause, or, or do you think it's just they're still trying to work out this system? Not necessarily pausing. I mean, I would like to see them backs go off, of course. So were they but, not hitting the holes? Were the holes not there? Why was the run I, game honestly, so anemic? I mean, the ones I've seen, I was looking at and saw – uh, there was a lot of breakdown at the line of scrimmage where, you know, the guys were getting hit one yard behind the line of scrimmage, you know. Yep. Um, and, you know, as a back, we don't want any negative. Of course, the offense, the team, we don't want any negative yards. But as a back, we, you know, pride ourselves in not having any negative yards. If anything, we'll get back to the line of scrimmage. Um, but I saw a couple of plays where the guys were getting hit in the backfield and, that's some. That's hey. That's where we earn our money. We got to say, hey, we got to get that yard back and right. get to the line of scrimmage. But I'm not. I'm not concerned. We also didn't see Javante and and Gordon out there. You know, I mean, if they were out there, I bet these numbers would have looked a little bit different. Also, so I'm not. I'm not really worried. It's just I would have liked to have seen the guys um, execute a little bit better. I don't know if you saw that picture. It was going around on social media. It was of uh, Melvin Gordon warming up. And he, he was just catching a ball on the sideline. He was just in his sweats or whatever. And, and someone had taken the picture of him and put a little caption like, Melvin Gordon not playing today. And you can see him warming up with a pad on his foot. And he and he tweeted back at it. He's like, that's my cell phone in my sock. <laughs> he had a cell phone in his sock out there. He was just going through some warm-ups. Yeah. But see, people always try to look at him. <laughs> right. like, oh, he must have a foot injury. Right, yeah. He has a, a, a cast on. Nah, man, it's my phone, bro. I'm chilling. Phone. Come on, calm down. So as a running back, you talked about where you make your money is when you get hit in the backfield and still got to get that yeah, yard. Yeah, and making you, one guy miss. Right. 
like silently, do you appreciate those plays more where you can make a guy miss and then make something out of it? Because when I was a receiver, the ball that hit me in the, in, in, right here in the numbers, that's fine. But give me a bad ball that I can go get. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So make, make, make a special play. <laughs> do running backs think of it like that, or do you want everything to just open up right in front of you? I mean, it would be nice for things to open up. But, nah, man, things are not going to be perfect. And we have to make plays. Everyone has to make plays. Like you said, the ball's not going to be perfectly in front of you right here. It's going to be up there high, and you got to make a play, right? Um, and I like. I, I think I enjoyed those plays better when it was like I had to really make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's awesome when the, the line are doing a great job up front and open up those holes, and you just go on. You, that thing just opens up like the red. Like the sea, baby. Like the red sea. Like the red Jones. And you just like, ooh. <laughs> I'm gone. And then you see that one safety. You're like, oh, here is my moneymaker. <laughs> Get off me. No, or, you, jump, you jump over him, though, Sean. That, uh, yeah. Or, you know, so I when like you do run jump, him. run through him, but you have jumped over a dude or two in your life, right? You know, you know one at every level. You Let know. me ask you I'm this. Just this when, it, when, it, when in regards to, to hurtling another human being, <laughs> do you, is it just an instinct where it's like, obviously, you see him about to go low mm-hmm. and you just naturally jump? Or are you like, oh, I'm going to jump over this guy. I'm, I'm jumping. Here I go. Nah, don't do that. It has to be an instinct thing. Uh, you know, I've had dreams about doing it. Or if, you know. I, Dream, I, like actual dreams? Dreams or. Waking up like. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to jump nah, over the just, guy. This is where you just, you know, you're going over the game in your head. And you're just like, all right, I can, you know, someone goes low. Yeah, I might have to go over top. Oh. Someone's coming to the right. Oh, I might have to give him with a stiff arm. Cause, Just going cause, over the game in your head. And having coaches, those dreams. His coaches don't like it when you jump over someone. And so they don't coach it. Like, you don't practice nah, you don't practice You don't practice. Kind of but should they? No. Because no. you, pra- you practice your jukes. You practice your stiff arms. Should you practice jumping over a dude? Because they go so low now. They don't want to hit you up top. They want right. to take your but knee I'll tell out, you right? what. It's very dangerous to jump. All right. You have to. Hey, I want to see great form. Why is it so, dangerous to jump? Listen, I listen, you could I, land on your neck. <laughs> yes, okay. on your neck, yeah. land on your 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 butt bone on your back. I've landed on my butt bone before, and I tried to jump a guy. It was uh, it was actually versus the Cowboys. I tried to jump a guy, and he caught. He nipped my leg, nipped it, and I just I saw Whee! I saw my legs go over my head. Oh. I'm like, oh, he caught me. Yeah, and then I hit that tailbone, and oh my goodness, for like two weeks, mm. that was uh, sitting on one of those donut ah uh, donut. Pillows. Exactly. I broke my back. Uh, my spinal. Spinal. <laughs> so yeah, don't. It has to be an instinct thing, and the form has to be, you know, superb. Because if you, you know, if you don't bring the legs out, if you keep the legs close, where are you jumping over? You better be getting really high. And then if they hit those legs again, disaster. What do you mean out? What do you mean out versus the, close? Almost like a split. See, I like the split action. Okay. So Where, have him go under. Mm-hmm. Go underneath you, yeah. You can't, like, push both your feet over his head. No. You got to do it to the side. Uh-uh. Yeah. You have to do side. I yeah. mean, unless you're really getting up there with your feet close together like that, but spread those legs out. Let them go underneath you and just keep them going. You- spread them legs, let them go underneath you, and keep it going. <laughs> We're going to keep it going. Uh, I got a question to ask you about a couple of the running backs that didn't play in the game, and it's a really important question. I'm going to get to that next. You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
Yeah, I'd say that was from, from the standpoint of the staff, I thought it was better than I had even anticipated. Everybody gave great information, great insight. Um, I thought we were clear, concise, and we were able to get all the players, you know, what we're going to go to next. So I thought that was great. Um, yes, it's always great to win. It is. But, you know, in the end, we got a lot of work to do. I mean, that run game, you know, was not good enough. It's that simple. And uh, I'm not happy with that. And uh, we need to evaluate that, both what we're doing, how we're, you know, blocking it, who's blocking it. And I think that's something, you know, we're not going to be able to consistently win without getting that run game going. Coach Nathaniel Hackett talking about his dissatisfaction with the Broncos running game the other night. Despite the victory and despite the operations looking smooth, this, despite them getting in and out of the huddle, now we got to remember this wasn't the starters out there. You know, these are these are guys who are fighting to be on the team. These are guys who are fighting to be one of the forty-five guys who dress up on game day. And if one of your starters goes down, the guys we're watching right now, those guys are going to be the ones who go in. And so it's very likely that some of these guys we're watching on Saturday and are going to be watching the next couple preseason games are going to be integral parts of this team as the season goes on, as guys start to get hurt. But right off the bat, it's not going to be those guys. So the running game that he's talking about is going to be is going to be involving different players, different offensive linemen, okay, different running backs, different. Well, but the tight ends were the same. They didn't rest any tight ends. So, no, Sean, is it is it concerning? that the running game looked so bad against basically a Cowboys D that wasn't wasn't that good. And you, you mentioned it, though. It wasn't the starters. Some of the guys that are fighting for positions. So I'm not really that concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Is it not, isn't it about the scheme, though? Like, if, 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 one, if one group is suffer, suffering a little bit or struggling with the scheme, is that indicative of no. everybody? No, no. no. Was no. that a problem with the depth then? Because if if the offensive line gets hurt, and, and some of those guys have to go in who weren't blocking well last night, would you feel comfortable with Quinn Bailey being in there? By the by the way, now that's another question. Now that's another argument. That's a different subject we're talking about there. Because yeah, now if we're talking about putting some of these second string guys, third string guys into the, with the starter position, then I can be a little. I might I might be a little hesitant, but like oh, I'm not worried. Um and it is the first preseason game, and you saw it in practices and in, in, in camp. I mean, they didn't get after it like that either. Okay, and I'm not you, mentioned, was, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Is that why they look bad? Because they didn't do it in camp. It's hard it, to is say. It, is, it, is it camp hack it? Is, <laughs> is, 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 because they look physical. That's what now, I'm saying, yeah. Defense looked really good, right? Flying. The receiving game, the, the, the passing game looked good. Um, and on Thursday, they looked good. Practiced against the Cowboys with their first yeah. unit, right? No problems there. Yeah. But, but you also can't really get an accurate gauge on the running game in a practice when you're not really tackling, right? Right. So, so were these guys not prepared? Yeah, man. I mean, that's the only thing I can go towards. I mean, is that that those guys on the other side of the field on defense were getting after more than than us up front in the run game because pass protection. I mean, we didn't have many sacks. Uh, Johnson was able to get the ball off, and we we made some very great plays in the past game. It's just that that nitty gritty. Hey, I'm that dog, and we're going to get three to four yards each run. Yeah, you got to be a mentality as well. Um, so it's just that they were better on that side of the field that this night. It doesn't mean that they can't get better in this next preseason game because they're going to get some more chances. But we'll probably see some more starters though in this next game, I would believe. Right? Yeah, I hope so. I want to see you guys play a little, play a little bit. I know there's different schools of thought on how to do it. The mm-hmm. Rams don't play anybody, and they won the Super Bowl last year, so it was like, Wait. oh, the Rams didn't play anybody all last preseason. None of the starters, mm. and then they won the Super Bowl. So right. everyone's like, okay, that's how you do it. So is that the way we go? Well, then the Chiefs, 
who are pretty darn good and actually are the kings of this division still until somebody proves otherwise. Patrick Mahomes and those guys, they played. It's bright no, in no, here. Sean, hold, no, Sean, just took oh, off the shades. Hold on. Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on. Guys. Yeah. You weren't prepared for those lights, were you? No. Yeah, man. I'm, guys, I'm about to put these back on. Are you kidding me? It's bright in here. You can do it if you want, man. Whatever makes you feel the vibe. Can I say one thing? Yeah. I'm the kind of guy as well to, to wear my, my shades like at a basketball game. Oh, really? Or Why? Even if it's, it's, it's bright. Is your eyes are so sensitive? Like, they're so good that you need to, like... My guys are... I have 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. Real smart guy. Wears glasses. <laughs> 2015. I had it a couple years ago, but I don't think my vision got any worse. But yeah, um, it just gets bright to me, man. So I like to wear the shades. Put them back Sorry. on, man. Put them back on. Because you do have textures commenting, but you sound like Jadakiss. Jadakiss is a rapper, for those of you out there who don't know that. Wow. No, Sean, no, Sean has been compared to different people, his voice. And you said in the break, we saw, we were talking about the Jadakiss one. You said someone said you sound like Patrick Mahomes? I've heard that. Wow. Patrick, though? Anybody, any any texters out there, text us in 303-713-1043. Who does No Sean sound like? Oh, man, here we right, go. Anybody else? No, but um, the running game, right? It's, it's supposed to complement the passing game, the right. play-action passing game, the keeper game. And that wasn't really cracking either. I mean, the, 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 the completions that they had, the passing game efficiency wasn't in keepers necessarily. But let me say this as well. We, we're putting a lot of pressure and we're talking about the line and all that crap too, but... Man, I want to see my backs fighting. And okay, it's not going to be perfect. And we were talking about this on the last seg. It was like, do you like it to be clear and wide open, or do you like to be a little mushy a little bit? You're going to have to break some tackles. I like that. Whereas, yeah. like, nah, uh, get off me. Uh, shove one off, and I still gained four. Now imagine if y'all block that thing right. Mm. You feel me? Like, when you are running the ball, are you actually going, <laughs> when you're cutting? Yes. <laughs> yes, I actually am. That's yep. so funny. I am doing I, making noises. You have to make those noises. Uh, get off me. Huh? And then I, when I get up, I'm like, hey, good tackle, good tackle. I'm coming back. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to whisper it in their ear hole. Right. right. Yeah. But those backs also, been you got to get those tough yards. Yeah, I got hit in the backfield, but I spun off of that, and I got a yard, and I got two yards. So I want to see that from the backs also, that when things aren't perfect, they can still go out there and, and gain some decent yards because you have to as a back. It is not going to be blocked perfectly every single time. Well, you got to play, and you got to play complimentary football. And they they had the passing game down. I mean, we talked about that earlier. Josh Johnson went sixteen for twenty three for one hundred and seventy two yards and two touchdowns. Brett Rippon came in in the second half, like, okay, I got to do something here now, <laughs> you know, because Josh really just separated himself. I mean, you talked about, in your opinion, Josh had already separated himself, right? So Brett Rippon was coming in, kind of probably feeling a little bit of that pressure. And doesn't get to go in until the second half. And he went 8 for 18 for 113 yards, uh, zero touchdowns. Um, but didn't look bad. Didn't no. look bad. And as a team, they, they threw the ball 41 times, connected on 24 of those for 285 yards. And I want to talk a little bit about these receivers because I was pretty encouraged mm. by those receivers. And we talk a lot about them on our show because I was a former one. I am a former <laughs> one. And I, and, and that's, a, that's a camp battle that I'm always interested in because – there's so much depth on it, and the guys at the bottom don't get to show themselves on a daily basis. You know, because you got 13 dudes on the on the roster, and during a practice, we've been watching those practices. They've only had four real practices, like fully padded practices. And some of these guys, Jalen Virgil, Caden Davis, Trey Quinn, those types of guys, they can go a whole practice and never get a ball thrown their way. All right. Right? So how are you going to prove yourself? How are you going to show that you can be – that guy who comes in when one of these starters goes down or fills in with Tim Patrick, right? And so what we did see 
was a pretty uh, impressive performance by some of these receivers. Brandon Johnson. Wait, hold on. Man, hold on. Oh, yeah. Y'all be doing this, man. And this is the. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was listening to Mark and, and Mike this morning, and everyone's doing it, man. Y'all, y'all stop skipping over my boy Virgil, man. My boy is out there uh, balling. And not only in this game, he balled in practice. Talking about Jalen Virgil. Yes. Yeah, no, no. I was, I was going to get to him. No, he, we start with him. He had the most yards. Okay, he had three catches for 83. For 83, yards. start with him. Don't play y'all start uh, with Brandon. He's, he's faster than. He's probably the fastest receiver out there. He's quick. He's definitely shifty. Um, okay, so so you have you, you said my boy. So tell us, what about Jalen Virgil do we need to know? Well, first we'll start with here with this. You know, uh, Tavares King, you know, a wide receiver that played in the league for a little bit. He played here, actually, for a little bit also. He played for the Giants. He bounced around a little bit. But uh, great route runner, great kid, um, and knows the game. But he uh, he trained Virgil a little bit, okay, coming in, coming out um, on routes and things like that, and then gave him, you know, a couple tools that was in his tool bag, and gave him over to Virgil to for him to try out, and you can see it, his route running, his ability to catch the ball, his ability to high point the ball, ball. I, I just love it, I love it, and it showed in practice, so I couldn't wait to see him go out there in the preseason and show what he can, what he can do. Yep. So when I mean, you skip I- over him, I'm like. Well, Listen, the, the reason why I skipped most. over him is because he he was he got the minutes in the second half with uh, mm-hmm. Brett Rippon. So he he is behind these guys on the depth chart as of now. Brandon Johnson, Seth okay. Williams, Kendall Hinton, those guys are, mm-hmm. are 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 ahead of him. Okay, like it or not, at the moment. Now you got practice squad um, availability for some of these guys, but realistically, how many receivers are you going to keep on the active roster? Five or six, right? And a lot of that depends on your abilities as a special teamer. Mm-hmm. So true. if you want to be the Fifth receiver, for example, who suits up for a game, you're not going to suit up five receivers for a game unless the fifth guy mm-hmm. is a special teamer, right? Or even the fourth guy. The fourth guy has to be a special teamer. Yeah. How many times do you, you know, go four receivers on the field? They don't do a lot of that. So yep. Jalen Virgil's up against it, but he is one of the guys at practice who's been killing it. He's the deep threat, okay. right? But what I wanted to mention in addition to him was, <laughs> <laughs> was Brandon Johnson, who impressed, who had four for 64 yeah. um, on six targets. Kendall Hinton had three for 53 on four targets. Seth Williams had four for 29 on four targets. Jalen Virgil had three for 83 on five targets. So that's not only is that those good numbers, those are efficient numbers, right? It's not like eight targets for three catches like we're used to seeing with some guys around here. Um, so yeah. those guys are all making a claim um, to be that guy. And who is going to be that guy? We're going to continue this conversation, no, Sean? Next. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Welcome back to Chad and Nate. Chad is not here. Chad is basking in the afterglow of a job well done. He broadcasted Saturday night's game with Ryan Harris and Steve Levy. And uh, now he's chilling. Um, so hopefully he's listening. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but um, I'm here with No Sean Moreno, and we were talking before the break about the wide receivers and that crowded wide receiver room for the Denver Broncos. You know, 53 guys on the roster. You can't keep them all. You got 90 dudes right now. And I think the hardest part about coaching, one of the hardest parts about coaching the NFL is is this time of year when you get so close to these guys, you know, and you ask them to do so much, they lay it on the line for you, they make plays for you, and at the end of it, you got to cut them. Yeah, you got to pull these guys into your office, these dudes who've 
done everything you've asked, have gone above and beyond, and have actually gone out there on the field and proven they belong. And you got to say it ends here, um, but stay in shape, you know, because you because you could be getting that call. Right. You talked about Jalen Virgil, the deep threat who emerged a couple nights ago, three catches for eighty three yards, and Jalen Virgil stuck back behind, obviously Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, probably Montreal Washington, because he's going to be there. And then you got Brandon Johnson, Kendall Hinton, yeah. Seth Williams. Okay, I think that's your the meat of it right there. And Jalen Virgil's in there. Um, so how do they separate themselves? How do they make an impression? You know, with with, with so little time left. Did you ever find a preseason game where you had to like because you were a first round draft pick? You came in, probably didn't have to play in much preseason, right? Mm-mm, yeah. What about the end of your career? Did you have to play in preseason games? Um, it was the same what, amount. What, so how? What was it like? You were just kind of chilling at preseason. <laughs> yeah, a, a couple, couple series. Kind of my head there. Yeah, no, we played. I, I remember because it was we had four preseason games at that time, right? And by that second, like the second preseason game, you would get, uh, you would play the halftime, I believe, and then the third game was like the game where the yeah. third game was like you played almost all the way. You played. Uh, two series, half, yep, right? to the second half, two yep. series in the second half, and then the fourth game, no, you didn't play, you know, other guys played. And then so. the next week was the opening week. Mm-hmm. This this time it's a little different. The last preseason game, you got two full weeks until oh. opening week. So as a coach, you got to think about it, right? Like, do I not play anybody in the last preseason game? Because that'll mean three weeks from the moment of, that they last played till they actually, you know, strap it on for real September 12th. Uh, sorry, I derailed your train of thought there. No, 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 no I'm, I'm still here. I think. I, I think I'm still on tracks. Okay, cool. I think. Yeah, I'm just basically saying. No, I mean, yeah. What's the philosophy for playing guys in the preseason when <laughs> no. when you got a game to prepare for? Are you concerned at all? Because we talk about this Broncos schedule, right? They they come out of the gate. They come out of the gate, and they play the the Seattle Seahawks on on the 12th. Then they play Houston at home, San Francisco at home, at Vegas. Indy at home, at the Chargers, the Jets at home, at Jacksonville. Those are their first eight games. A lot of people think they better be six and two if they want to make a playoff run. Are you of that same mind that they got to come out of the gate hot, or do you expect, or or are you okay with maybe maybe taking a while to get going? Well, the preseason. I mean, I'm not too worried if he doesn't play the starters in that last game. I do want to see them in this next game, though, get some reps, just to see what they look like, just to get that confidence. Um, when you say reps, how many? How many you need? Just a series? Like, the, what does that really do? Uh, you know, do you want to see two quarters? Two, two, oh, I two, would like, say a half. Okay, so play a whole half. Yeah, yeah, a whole half. Get the juices flowing. Get that rhythm going. Um, you, 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 you'll be in different situations in that first half. So yeah, I think a whole half will be will be great to see from the fellas. Um. Yeah, I, I, and I played, like I said, I played a couple, uh, just like, you know, in the beginning and then not too much at the end, and it didn't hurt. And having that extra week is a plus. Uh, and, and like you said, it'll be three weeks yeah. then. I'm not I'm not concerned. But that, I say that they definitely should play in this next game for sure. And if they want to get a sprinkle of some guys in that third game, why not? You, it's, There's no wrong answer, man. We just talked about the Rams not playing any. Of the guys right. in the preseason, so come on, it's really no no wrong answer. Who needs that work? Who would you like to see out there making plays for that roster spot? So you got to take a pulse of your team, 
know what they need. And so you got to have your finger on it and not just be doing it like they did in Green Bay, right? Do do what your team needs to. And a lot of coaches make that mistake, right? Belichick's disciples are a good example. They leave. They try to do it exactly how Bill did it, and it collapses. You got to bring your own twist, man. You got to bring your own thing. You got to listen to your guys, right? So what happens if if you don't really want to play them, but all the fellas really want to play because they're not <laughs> because they don't feel like they're ready, right? Because they've only had four padded practices. No, Sean, they want to go out there and bang. The offensive linemen are like, "How am I? I need to get ready, coach." And coach is like, "Nah." How? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? If you're a head coach and your team, your leaders come to you and ask for something, how are you going to respond? If the whole team is coming to me, and I mean, if if everyone is like, "Hey, coach, we we would like to play a whole half this third in this third game," you know. I might look down the roster and say, okay, you might, you can have some, a little more work. You can have a little more work. But like my court, like my top guys, if, if they don't need the work, I'm like, nah, I know you want to play. Don't worry. Hey, we got the game in two weeks. Go out there and ball. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? We go rest you right now. Yeah. But there are going to be some guys that you want to see. And, and this is a time for the younger fellas and the people that are fighting for these different positions. It's a resume. You're putting your resume on tape for these other teams as well. So yeah, you if you don't if you're not fortunate to be on this team, there's other teams out there that are going to be looking for you or be looking for players. And hey, put something great out on this tape for you know your resume out there. Yeah, for these a, other teams, it's a great opportunity for these young guys. Those Jalen Virgils. I mean, that's just one game, and he got that run. He's exactly. going to get a lot more in these next two. So it's not always a bad thing when your starters don't play because you get to look at those other guys who might be integral parts of your team. Going forward, and like you said, other teams can look at those guys mm-hmm. too. So Jalen Virgil is a perfect example of a guy who might not stick around here, but might catch on somewhere else. For sure, uh, I got some breaking news. Uh oh, we got some breaking news here. What we doing? We we in, in Broncos country, uh, a couple bits of it, two bits of breaking news uh, in one moment. Um, the Broncos are signing veteran linebacker Joe Schobert. Uh, and it's going to be some help. This uh, Ian Rappaport reports. So- Broncos are signing veteran linebacker Joe Schobert. Source said some important help at a key spot. Schobert, who starred for the Browns and most recently was with the Steelers, recently tried out in Denver. He helps fill the void created by an injury to Jonas Griffith. Interesting. Yeah. So Jonas Griffith dislocated his elbow. I did that. Did you? Bro, well, I thought it, I broke my arm. He was writhing on the ground like that's what he thought. Yes. So it's a painful injury. Yes. It's very painful. I mean, like, like, how does that even happen? Like, where do you, like, did you land on it? I had my hand down and a guy was coming in for a tackle. He needed, needed the back of my, my elbow. And I, you know, the trainers come running out and like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I broke my arm. I broke my arm. Man. man. And then they popped it back. So they popped it back in. Yeah. And, and that's the difficult part too. Cause if you pop it back, and it's not in the right spots. It could be. It's going to be bending the wrong way. Yeah, but you, it popped back perfectly. You're going to be scratching hey. the back of your head when you're trying to <laughs> pick your nose. Yeah. Okay. Another li- another little bit uh, that's going to uh, of info that's going to help help things out and get people excited. Good news for the Broncos. Outside linebacker Randy Gregory has been activated from Ooh. pup per source. He'll do limited work, but ready to go after his shoulder surgery. So that's good news. For the Broncos as well, Randy Gregory, the 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 big name offseason signing. What you guys can see is No Sean doing the happy dance over here. <laughs> um, but um, Randy Gregory, man, that guy is physically hey. imposing. You see him walking around. That's a scary dude. That's a scary dude. And um, when the Cowboys came to town last week during joint practices and the fights broke out, 
He was running out there. He wanted to get in the fight. Oh, of course, you're gonna want to get. Listen, yeah, it's all his old boys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know you're gonna get in there and be talking junk. I mean, it was all in fun, right? But uh, you're gonna be in there talking junk. He was not being wasn't able to be out there. I know he wanted to be out there just to cause some havoc. Yep, and I, I, and I was gonna to be. The outside linebacker is going to be really interesting because is Randy Gregory going to be ready to go week one? Um, that's in, you know, well, maybe 30 days. Yeah, I guess he'll be ready for that. But if he's not, we got some dudes who, who look like they're hungry. Baron Browning. Incredible performance by Baron Browning. I think, you know, we haven't talked about him. And to me, Baron Browning has been a guy who has flashed all training camp, you know, for, for the for the moments they were allowed to go out there and be physical, he has been the most physical guy. On Thursday against the Cowboys, he was out there wreaking havoc. Um, it's funny because last year, he's a really athletic dude, did some good things for the Broncos last year at inside linebacker, was injured last year um, in minicamp at training camp, so didn't really get a lot of practice, was kind of thrown in the fire when he did get healthy, played a lot of special teams and middle linebacker, and he did some nice things. But he looks like a different dude playing outside linebacker. He just looks like a different athlete with a different kind of confidence and swagger. And uh, I would not be surprised if Randy Gregory is not ready to go, if if Baron Browning isn't starting week one. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I, I went out to some of those practices and I made it a key to make sure that I watched those, those, those backers. I, I made it a thing, emphasis. On watching the backers, I wanted to see how they moved around, uh, how they looked in individual drills, because you can learn a lot from individual drills, the way the guys use their hands, their feet, their, how they flip their hips, um, things like that, right? So I was watching them very closely, and I, the first day I watched them in camp, I underlined Browning. I was like, man, he looks good. He just looks fast, the way he's moving with his hands and the way he's flipping his hips through, those, through the cones and, and, and getting around. Um, some of those 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 quarterback drills. I was just like, man, he looks good. So I'm not that much surprised. It's just that that position, he probably felt so free at that position too. Because yep. it, it's just a different. You just know, cut it loose, man. Yeah, you're like Ooh, downhill, bend in the corner. Yeah, yep. I could I could use my athleticism yep. with, versus these big offensive linemen instead of trying to cover running backs and tight ends and stuff. Bro, he That's, probably had yeah. so much fun. Yeah, because exactly. oh, I'm about to go give me a sack. Yeah, a exactly. Sack? Exactly. So he looked r- really good on that outside, and I, I agree with you. If you know, if a Randy's not ready, I don't mind putting him there. Yeah, I don't mind putting him there at all. A- anything else jump at you when you were looking at linebackers? I mean, um, we're talking about inside linebackers, and they just signed Joe Schobert mm-hmm. with Jonas Griffith out. Um, that inside linebacker position is is a position of need, or at least maybe a question mark. People say no, we're not sure about Josie Jewell. We're not sure about Alex Singleton. We're not sure about Justin Sternad. We're not sure about some stuff. And I see the look on your face, but I'm gonna wait. Until we get back, we're going to talk about that stuff next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.